Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Chad on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. That's exactly right. It's not reckless speculation Thursday, but it's the next best thing. Bonus scoop Tuesday. Zolgad, Declan Goff, and of course, the man of the hour, Darren Doogie Wolfson. Channel 5 Eyewitness News. That's you. Nice shirt, by the way. Nice collar. Um, also, scoop podcast fame. Looking good. Feeling good, I'm sure, Dukes, and ready to dish some scoops out. Why don't we start here? B- because believe it or not, on Sunday, Vikings rookies report. Um, the first uh, practice, I believe, is on Wednesday, and uh, we're, we're going to get some Kevin O'Connell, Quasi, Adolfo Mensa um, access on Tuesday. Football season is basically, as far as training camp goes, here. So why don't we start in in the world of, of uh, football and the fact that you were hanging around with some prominent, prominent athletes, uh, Vikings and also Minnesota-based last night from the NFL. Well, Judd, before I get to last night, on the rookies reporting on Sunday, the Vikings still have some work to do. Ed Ingram, Andrew Booth Jr., both guys unsigned. Okay. Let me read verbatim a text message from somebody close to one of those two players. If you're curious if the contracts will get done or won't get done, here it is verbatim. It will get done. Not worried, just a slow process. So I fully expect both Ingram and Booth Jr. to be on the field one week from tomorrow, July 27th, TCO Performance Center, Egan. All right, last night, Monday night, I was at Interlocking Country Club Mm-hmm. in Edina for a fundraiser for Veep, which is a huge local food shelf. And there were a bunch of sports luminaries there, including Larry Fitzgerald Jr. It was great to see Fitz, caught up with him for a few minutes. I asked him the question. I said, if the phone rings, do you answer? This in regards to whether he is done playing or not. Sure. He said, Judd, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but he pretty much said, no, I don't answer the phone. And I don't know if it's necessarily groundbreaking news. He didn't play last year. You look at his age, I think it's been assumed he's done playing, but I just don't know if he's ever gone on the record to say, yeah, I'm done. So that to me was the headline from last night, but I also bonded a bit with Kyle Rudolph, free agent tight end. I fully expect Kyle, Kyle fully expects to be in some team's training camp next week. Yes. There has been some dialogue with the Vikings. 
his agent. He's got multiple agents working on his behalf. I think it's more them pushing the Vikings idea, but the Vikings haven't necessarily hung up the phone. Mm-hmm. That being said, Judd, if I had to make a betting favorite for where Rudolph lands, mm-hmm. it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think he replaces Gronk. If I had to bet right now, Ooh. as I sit here on Tuesday morning, July 19th at 8.56 a.m. Central, my money is on Kyle Rudolph landing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's a lofty perch right there. That's Brady's guy. That's very intriguing. That that could be a uh, a golden opportunity uh, in his in his waning years, I guess would be fair to say, in the National Football League to pursue some very serious playoff success. That's intriguing. Well, yes. I mean, he's all about in his 30s now. Let me find a way to win a ring. Yes, I would like to play, you know, deep into January. Tampa certainly would afford, Kyle, that opportunity. I do find it interesting that the Vikings haven't hung up the phone. Makes me wonder. I need to dig more on this, Judd. May not be able to dig more on this until next week. But what exactly is going on with Irv Smith Jr.? Is the knee still an issue? There was some scuttlebutt. Now, he denied it, but we get lied to all the time. I don't know if it's true or not, but did he have a second surgery at some point Hmm. last year? I mean, that's still Hmm. something I'd like to dig more on. You know, maybe that's more for reckless speculation Thursday, not here on Tuesday, but it is something I've, I've wondered about. But just the overall idea of, of Irv Smith Jr., you know, what sort of shape is he in? How is the knee? Because they have a bunch of blocking tight ends. Yes. But outside of Irv, they really don't have a pass-catching tight end that you really, really trust. Like, I was at a workout last Tuesday yes. in the East Metro. Ben Ellison. Like, Ben has a chance to make the 53-man roster, but he's more a blocking tight end. Zach Davidson was there. He has a chance to make the 53-man roster. I think you look at Davidson and say, probably more a blocking tight end. They brought in the kid from the Rams that Kevin O'Connell. Johnny Mutt. Noel, yeah, Johnny Mutt. But he's coming off a torn ACL. Yes. So just interesting that the Vikings haven't necessarily hung up up the phone on on the idea of, of bringing back Kyle. And to explore that path a bit, Dukes, too, what's intriguing about it, I guess, is the fundamental question about Kevin O'Connell and what he's going to do schematically, which is how much is the tight end in the Vikings offense? What's the plan for for the passing role there? Because, like, the Rams didn't rely on one. Irv Smith healthy is certainly probably incredibly intriguing, right? But if you take Irv out, then do you morph this back to more three receiver sets or try and replace if Irv's not to your point set to go try and replace him so like that that's a very intriguing question because there's as we start training camp there's going to be so many I think um curiosities about what the plan is and how much O'Connell is going to borrow heavily from the McVay playbook and how much he's going to bring some original ideas that he probably couldn't use with Sean with the Rams Well, I mean, I think it comes down to the health of Irv's knee, right? Like, if he demonstrates that he's good to go, to me, Judd, you're not keeping him off the field a lot. But if that knee is 75 80%, maybe less than that, yeah, we will see more three receiver sets. It's also a contract year for Irv Smith Jr. So trust me, he's got, you know, uber incentive to find a way to help this team come September, October, November, and so on. Yes. Um. So 
One thing that I guess I'm surprised by is this. Not that, not that I thought that there would be a rush to sign him, but Anthony Barr is a guy, Dukes, who um, the Vikings went to great lengths, I think is a fair way to uh, characterize it, to keep, to pay a lot to. As we get set for training camps to start, Anthony Barr is unsigned. So what does that say as a reflection about his health and also about the fact that he now has not found a job when the Vikings, you know, bent over backwards for quite a while to make sure that he stayed with them at a very uh, fair price to Anthony Barr? Well, you know, going back to January, Judd, you know, I wanted to check on whether he would just outright retire that, you know, just his body is so broken down, does he want to continue playing? So I checked a few weeks after that. I was told, yeah, his plan is to continue playing. So he's been training as if he will be in some team's training camp. I texted you many weeks ago saying, keep an eye on the Dallas Cowboys. So I know the Cowboys certainly are interested in Anthony Barr. Washington Mm -hmm. has also kicked the tires. But right now, I would say keep an eye on, on the Dallas Cowboys. Is the knee the problem there? Like, what what's the fundamental problem? Because there, there clearly has to be if he if he could play, I'm not saying he get paid a ton, but he definitely would would have signed by now. Are we to the point where the knee is considered a chronic problem and that there's trepidation there uh, to sign him by teams? Well, I mean, I don't know about chronic. That's something I think you've brought up before, and I certainly wouldn't necessarily dismiss it. But yes, it's it's the knee more. More than anything. I mean, I just, I remember Vikings folks, you know, on background, you know, at different points last year, you know, raising concern about, about the knee. So yes, more than anything. I mean, his body is broken down in many ways, but yes, specifically it is. It's, it's absolutely the knee. As camp gets set to start Dukes, what intrigues you the most right now? Like what are the two or three things that stand out to you as, as things that you're going to watch for from from the first day, because there's clearly going to be a ton of intrigue about a lot of different things with a new GM, a a new coach, and not an entirely new roster, but certainly, especially on defense, with with a guy like uh, Zadarius Smith, some substantial changes have been made. Well, still curious to see if they bring in a free agent defensive lineman, somebody on the interior. As of yesterday, they still had not made Indomik and Sue an offer. But he remains on their radar. So do they eventually make him an offer? Do the Browns make him an offer? Do the Raiders make him an offer? If he has multiple offers to choose from, you know, who does he ultimately choose? But we'll be curious to keep an eye on that. But overall, Judd, to me, it's about the defense. Like, we just, we painted a picture about the offense. Curious to see how Irv is used, Kevin O'Connell, you know, Kumbaya with the quarterback, Kirk Cousins. But, like, to me, the offense was still pretty good last year. Mm Mm-hmm. The defense has stunk for two consecutive years. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, it's about Ed Donatel. Can he fix this defense? Can Daniil Hunter play maybe not 17 games, but can he play 15 games? Can Zadarius Smith play 14, 15 games? Hopefully 17. Like, if those two guys are on the field a bunch, they should be able to, you know, create some mayhem, right? So, like, what sort of difference makers are those two? You know, then I'll be curious to see how first-round pick Lewis Seen is used. But to me, it's just it's all about the defense. I really don't have concerns about the offense. Yeah, we can debate about you know one of the starting guard spots, right? Will it be Jesse Davis. We can 
worry about Garrett Bradbury to some extent. And yes, I'm sure, you know, September 12th, as we're dissecting the Packers opening game, right? We'll raise some, some concerns about the offensive line at times. But to me, I'm just telling you, Judd, for me, it's all about the defense. Can the defense jump up from being bottom five the last two years? Cam Dantzler, too, because I I think that there's a wide variety of opinion there. Um, the, the fact that he, and I don't know exactly why, but the fact that, that he fell out of favor so uh, so quickly with Mike in training camp last year, then came back and played, and I think when, when he, he got a chance, he played pretty well. Not great, but okay. Certainly was an upgrade, no shock, on Bashad Breeland. So I do think that the secondary as well remains a question mark because if Dantzler uh, can take a step and if Patrick Peterson, who's no kid back there, can continue to play well. Now, if Dantzler doesn't take a step and Peterson drops off, it's a completely different thing. So I'm very curious secondary-wise, and I also think it's going to be really interesting, Doogie, to watch the linebackers because of this. They are going so small there. Like, it's basically like they're going to employ safeties. So there's just going to be a lot of different variables on the back end as well that it's hard to predict, hard to know. But I think if it works out, it could be at least intriguing. Well, yeah. Well, absolutely. If it sort of works out, it will be intriguing. I do think it's a forgiving schedule. Like, I think the schedule is a ton easier than last year. You know, and we might have a different conversation about this come early October. Maybe some team or multiple teams on their schedule pop up that we don't expect. But I just, I look at this year's schedule compared to last year's schedule, and I really like this year's schedule. But yeah, I mean, I'm curious about, you know, Bynum. You know, how do they, you know, end up using him? You know, Jordan Hicks can play. I mean, I think that was a pretty savvy free agent signing at the linebacker position, but. Yeah, I mean, does Dancer ultimately beat out Andrew Booth Jr., who's still coming back from the, the sports hernia surgery? I say that because he just he wasn't a full go right. at, at minicamp at OTA. So we still need to see what the second-round pick can do fully cleared. You know, so, I mean, I guess that's another thing to keep an eye on. Some of these injured guys, like Amir Smith-Marset, he's had his boot off for about a month. So he should be a full go. Come July 27th, but we'll have to keep an eye on that. Irv Smith Jr., Andrew Booth Jr., some of these injured guys. I mean, I'll certainly be keeping an eye on those guys those first couple days. Then everything ramps up on Monday, August 1st, right? I mean, to me, I really can't glean much until the pads come on. Right. Right? Like, we'll be there July 27th, July 28th, July 29th, July 30th. That's fine. But to me, it really, really ramps up Monday, August 1st. Be prepared, my man, for a training camp unlike you've ever seen, too. I think they are going to go as light as possible. Like I, oh, I, I think yeah. It's going to be... Although well, Sam backed off at different times. He he did, but the Really league, not early, but more later. But yes, I agree with you on that. But he is going to... I, I would not be, be surprised if basically the starters didn't play in the three preseason games. And I'm not going to be surprised if in full pads it still looks like it's not. To go back to, in 2006, Brad Childress's first camp, Doogie, I believe was something like 10 consecutive days in full pads. So his first, t- t- his, so 2006 to 2022, things have changed. But I think um, keeping guys fresh, it's going to be very, for lack of a better term, twins-like. 
I think we're going to try and keep guys rested. I think we're going to try and keep guys fresh. And so, yeah, it's not going to be a training camp where I think we can ascertain a ton. Um, it'll still be intriguing to watch, but it's not going to be one where, where you say, oh, man, that guy, he was a hitting machine. He was, you know, he was just taking guys' heads off. I think if you do that now, you are in huge trouble. So well, it's going to be yeah, a different I, animal. I agree on on that. I'm more pointing to some of these one-on-one battles, right? Right. When Jesse Davis is blocking Armand Watts or James mm-hmm. Lynch, you know, like, can I glean something when they're in pads doing that? Sure. That's more what I'm alluding to. But yes, I'm with you. The overall idea of, you know, the Oklahoma drill and all that. No, it, this is this is not going to be a, a super hard hitting camp. I'm with you on that. Tim Wolf scoopage. What you got for us? Well, not necessarily scoopage, although. I did have the mini note over the weekend. I think Shams of, of The Athletic had the initial news about Josh Minot signing a four-year deal. I was able to glean that that the last two years are, are non-guaranteed. Although, to me, like look at Nasri, Jalen Noel. I mean, those guys had, you know, multiple years of, of non-guarantees. You know, both those guys are entering the final year of, of their deals guaranteed, right? I mean, those two guys have proven, okay, you guarantee their contract. So, like, I've seen enough from Minot just knowing the work ethic, the energy he can bring. Right, because I'm not gonna, you know, formulate these these super strong opinions based on Vegas summer league, but just people who know him, how he's practiced, you know, just a lot about him. There's a lot to like. I mean, John Hollinger of the Athletic, who used to work in the in the Grizzlies front office, had him as a lottery pick. You know, and that's just one person's opinion, but somebody who used to do it for a living. I mean, John knows what the heck he's scouting, what he's looking at. I just think there's a lot to like with Minot. So to me, he'll be here all four years, or he's a decent trade chip at some point. But like, to me, I wouldn't necessarily worry about the two years at the back end being non-guaranteed. But, you know, there's been this talker, I think my buddy Wendy first brought it up about, you know, league people, you know, very upset with the Wolves that they gave up too much in the Rudy Gobert trade. Yes. Yes. I've, I've said from the get-go, it was a very easy yes for Danny Ainge. Even though Danny Ainge wanted Jaden McDaniels to get all that draft capital, you couldn't turn it down. But I've also texted with, now I'll admit, this person is friendly with Tim Connolly. Uh-huh. But this person who runs an Eastern Conference front office said he understands why the Wolves made the move. He likes the move from the Wolves' standpoint. Yep. He thinks when you have a 30-year-old superstar, that's what Rudy Gobert is. Maybe people shy away from superstar because he's not going to score 20 points a game. But he's a superstar. He's a future Hall of Famer, still in the prime of his career. When you look at the Wolves' biggest issues last year, rebounding, rim protection, he's the best in the game in those two areas. And, oh, by the way, Judd, he seriously wants to be here. Like, seriously. Like, he I'm likes not, He I'm really not, likes I'm us? Not, yeah, I'm not overstating that. Trust me, there were four teams in the mix, heavily in the mix, to make a trade with Utah. I'm just telling you. I've spoken with two people close to Rudy. They told me the idea of playing with Carl Anthony Towns, an elite big man that the other three teams couldn't offer, mm-hmm. was super, super intriguing. And he was more than fine in Salt Lake City, right? So he's got no problem being here right. in Minneapolis. But, yes, he loves the idea of being paired with Carl Anthony Towns. So this executive said, sure, you know, that's a lot of draft capital. Although the 23 first-round pick, you would think, should be pretty low. Even the 25 first-round pick should be 
pretty low. Yeah, 27-29. Sure. Pick swap, maybe to come back and bite you in the butt. But, like, this executive understands why the Wolves did it, that there's a window right now. And he also said what I've said before, Judd, if for some reason it doesn't work, you can trade Carl Anthony Towns in two to three years. You may not recoup every draft pick, but you would get a ton for Cat if it doesn't work. So I'm going to float some reckless speculation by you that occurred to me as the stories uh, or the story came out that executives, which I'm not surprised by, were, were upset with Conley Trade. Reckless speculation. Thank you, Declan. Did Tim Conley... In some ways, and I'm not even saying it's intentional, okay, Dukes? So it's just a byproduct of this trade. Did he freeze the market on guys like Durant? Because the expectation now, I would guess, because of the the recency of the Gobert trade is, well, if if we're going to trade Durant and we're the Nets, right, we got to get a haul back. I mean, look at what the Jazz got for Gobert. Um, Is this going to, in your opinion at least, gum up the rest of the market as far as potential big-name player trades go because this was considered league-wide such a haul for the Jazz? Well, I mean, for the time being. I mean, I don't think a Kevin Durant trade is imminent. I don't think a Donovan Mitchell trade is imminent. But it'll free up at some point, Judd. Like, I think we had this same conversation, maybe not you and I, but people who cover the league, Mm -hmm. after the Drew Holiday to Milwaukee trade. After the Paul George to the Los Angeles Clippers trade, right? So, like, I have zero doubt that at some point KD is going somewhere. Sure. That Donovan Mitchell is going somewhere. But, sure, for this tiny window right now, you know, the near future, yes, sure. There are some league people saying, what the heck? You know, I think a few of those people reside in the Knicks front office, right, saying, Oh, on, Minnesota. Too bad. Gerson's not happy. Tibbs, well, oh, man. Gers. Yeah, I don't think Gerson and I are going to be, you know, exchanging uh, holiday cards anytime soon. What happened? <laughs> Nothing happened. You know, I just, I think, you know, just me laying out the facts. I don't think I said anything out of turn. No. You know, after everything transpired. You know, heck, I've given him love for, for his roster construction. Yes, so He made a lot have. of really good decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, off the court, he didn't make many good decisions, although... You know, sounds like he's, you know, in love, right? So, you know, I guess. I spotted <laughs> him at a, I spotted him at a Minneapolis restaurant a few weeks ago. You told me that, yeah. Yeah. So I'm at a yeah, Minneapolis so, restaurant I a few mean, weeks ago. Well, so I mean, well. he, still, he still has inroads here, right? I mean, the love mm-hmm. of his life right now, you know, still has, still has fingerprints all over the Twin Cities. So, you know, I mean, to each their own, their personal life. But yeah, personal life. When it bleeds into... You know, a big reason why he lost his job with the Wolves, that's when we need to talk about it, right? Yeah. We need to lay yes. out the information. Absolutely, yes. Heck, we have some visual information, right? So, Chief decision guy. We, Yes, yeah. you're exactly right. Yeah, you know, it's not like, you know, we're gossiping here. I mean, you know, we're not making up the news. We're reporting the news. So that's why it was a storyline then, Yeah, you know, when, when he's dismissed the day before training camp opens. Yeah, we had to lay out the information. It's like but, when Paul F- yeah. Fenton got l- let go. Correct. I mean, it came up. He was a complete jerk. We had to talk about the fact he was a jerk. There's no way around that. Yes, but I just don't think Gerson and I are are catching up anytime real, real soon. But who knows? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe at some point. But I'm just saying, my my sure. sense is 
you know, with the Knicks trying so hard to land New York native Donovan Mitchell that there's, yeah, there's, there's some people with the Knicks that are saying, okay, yeah, we have all this draft capital, but like, we don't want to have to give up six first round picks for Donovan Mitchell. Like Minnesota, what did you do exactly? <laughs> but like, we gave up Connelly, a lot. <laughs> you strike when you can strike. Like, it's just, it's not often a legit superstar wants to actually be here in Minnesota. So when he does, you have to do what you have to do. Absolutely. Uh, the baseball trade deadline, Doogie, is two weeks from today. What can you tell us about the Twins' possible pursuit of pitching? Because if there is not one, the Twins' uh, possible uh, possibility, I think, of of being bounced from the playoff picture entirely and or being quickly dispatched if they do win a terrible division is extremely high given what we've seen of late. What, they lost three or four to the White Sox, got outscored soundly in that series, and going in the All-Star break have lost 7 of 10. Yeah, well, it was weird to see them blown out the way they were against the White Sox. It had been a month. You know, it was that Sunday series finale in Phoenix against the Diamondbacks the last time they were really blown out, you know, not losing by, you know, two runs or one run. I mean, they had played a bunch of really close games for about a month until last weekend, you know, the series against the White Sox. So, yeah, I mean, losing 7 of 10, certainly alarming. If we go back over 50 games, Judd, they are under 500. At one point, they were 25 and 16. Mm -hmm. Look at their record since being 25 and 16. It's like three or four games under 500 over like a 53, 54 game, you know, Time frame, right? So, yeah, I mean, there are there are question marks. They've also performed pretty well against some good teams this year. I still think they are the best of, you know, a bad bunch. Somebody has to win the Central. I'll also say right now it's currently constructed. I'd put a lot of money on the sixth seed, whoever the sixth seed is, Seattle, Tampa, Toronto, Boston. Yep. I don't think it'll be Cleveland or Chicago. I think it'll be one of the four I mentioned. Yep. You know, I just I would put a lot of money right now on the sixth seed coming here to Target Field in October and winning that first round best of three against the Twins. So even though all three games would be here at Target Field, I'd still put my money on the sixth seed. Mm-hmm. But Derek Falvey has some time to reconstruct the roster to some extent. He's been working hard, but, you know, fans don't want to hear that right now. They don't want to hear that that he's working diligently. Heck, he was supposed to be at that charity event last night. He was listed as as a participant. He wasn't able to make it. I'm pretty sure it's work-related. I do, right? So, like, he's he's working it pretty good. He really is. Uh, but, you know, until there's some action here, you know, fans are going to be like, Dukes, shut up, right? Like, we don't want to hear it. You know, you've said for how long they were in on this guy, they were in on that guy, but ultimately did they get that guy? And if the answer is no, you know, we don't even want to hear it. You know, so, but he's trying. I mean, they've... They've spoken with the Reds. They've spoken with the Pirates. They've spoken with the A's. Uh, they've spoken with the Tigers even. Like, you know, they can make a move with a team in the division. We've seen it before. It'll happen again. Uh, they've checked in on all these all these logical guys. They've spoken with Arizona. Like, and I don't even know if Arizona wants to trade Gallon, But, like, they've, they've checked in on all these guys. Miami. Is Miami even a seller? Maybe they are after, after their dismal performance last weekend against the Phillies. But... You know, like they've checked in with all these teams, but until we see some action, not quite sure it matters. Judd, they're also after a catcher, by the way. Like there's not trust in Caleb Hamilton 
being the number two catcher for the next two months. Ryan Jeffers, like early September would be really, really aggressive. We're looking more at mid-September. Okay. Like as we're talking on Tuesday, September 13th, you know, reviewing that Vikings-Packers game on September 11th, right. maybe then, maybe then we're Ooh. talking about Ryan Jeffers being back in the lineup. But like to me, you know, August 30th or September 1st, that would be pretty darn aggressive. So they could use another catcher. So that's also on Falvey's radar. Dudes, what did you make? You and I were chatting on Friday, um, and I saw it from Bovada too, and the odds haven't moved, that Josh Bell is the uh, favorite for him to be moved at the deadline. Now, the odds are he still stays in Washington. So I should preface that. I think it's plus 110 that he sticks in Washington, but the next best odds are him going to the Twins. And I've heard zero connection and also just trying to piece it together, a guy who's a very good power hitting first baseman. Don't get me wrong. I, I would love a bat in his lineup. But where where do you think the odds are? What do you think the odds are that the Twins get someone like Josh Bell, a first baseman, to kind of logjam more of their corners? I just I, I don't really understand how Vegas, and Vegas always knows stuff more than we do, but I was kind of perplexed by the fact that the Twins were a favorite to land Josh Bell. Well, I mean, he'd help. I mean, there's still some issues, you know, runners in scoring position. Now, it's a credit to the Twins for getting as many base runners on as they do. But batting average runners in scoring position at different points has failed them miserably. So do I think Josh Bell could help them? Absolutely. So when you reached out to me late last week, Declan, I reached out to a Twins official and I said, hey, I laid out what you told me. You know, a pretty popular betting site has you guys as one of the betting favorites to land Josh Bell. Any truth to it? This official texted me back. Our focus is way more on adding pitching. Didn't necessarily say zero chance, but that it's, you know, pretty much all about pitching. Now, the Jeffers news came out soon thereafter. So that's why I'm I'm saying there is some interest in acquiring a backup catcher. That Gary Sanchez will be the one catcher. You know, but maybe you can get somebody in that can, you know, play three days a week, not one or two days a week. Uh, but there is some interest in adding a catcher. But certainly uh, the focus, the main focus, the the majority focus is on adding pitching. So he didn't poo-poo Josh Bell, but it would still, it would surprise me, Declan. It would, but like to me, Washington better trade him somewhere. Like they're a dumpster fire and the twins have spoken with the nationals, but my sense is it's more about, you know, whether it's Steve Ciszek or somebody else in the bullpen. Like, I don't think it's been focused on Josh Bell. Final scoop, sir. Well, so also at this event last night in Edina, I was with Lindsay Whalen. She's still struggling with her speech. So Hall of Fame basketball weekend. You know, like we have baseball on our minds this week, and it's going to be a huge Twins party in Cooperstown. In fact, they're throwing a big party at one of the hotels on Saturday night. I know Morneau will be there. Mauer, Terry Ryan, Bill Smith, Rob Antney. Go up and down the list of, of Twins luminaries. So many, many Twins people will be in Cooperstown this upcoming weekend. Then we have Canton in a couple weeks, but the Basketball Hall of Fame weekend isn't that far off. I forget the exact weekend, but sometime in September, Lindsay Whalen going into the Hall of Fame. So she told me she's still struggling with, with her speech. Her speech is not done. So needs some serious work with, with her speech. I also talked to her about Nia Holloway, the freshman from Eden Prairie High School, phenomenal athlete, but she ripped up her knee in practice yeah. a couple weeks ago. She'll, she'll miss the year, but Lindsay said she's already working diligently. Like with her background, she won a track state championship, just a great, great athlete. You know, Lindsay just said, hey, you know, I have no doubt that she'll be back okay. But there is some legit concern about depth. 
right? You lose a pretty good player. They weren't that deep to begin with. So right. I know Lindsay's got some concerns about the depth of, of her team. Her husband doing a really good job, and there's a big Minnesota amateur event. Forget where it's at. Somewhere in Eden Prairie, Olympic Hills maybe. Uh, but anyway, Ben, her husband, is uh, is in first place after round one. Shot a six under yesterday. So she was in a very good mood about that. Ben had not or has not won that event. I forget the specific event. Uh, but he's won some big Minnesota events, just hasn't won this particular event. So sure. I know she's pumped to see her husband hopefully win on Wednesday. I also caught up with NFL Hall of Famer, former Viking, Randall McDaniel. He told me he retired from, from school counseling. So he was oh. a counselor at a school yeah. in, I don't know if it's New Hope or Crystal, Neal Elementary School on Medicine Lake Road in the in the West Metro. But he retired after last school year. I had not known that. He's got a a family member living at their house that they're helping take care of that's battling some health issues. He's picked up a lot of golf, but he just said the pandemic, you know, like he does a lot of face-to-face, right, as, as a counselor, you know, dealing with with some kids that have some serious challenges. And just there's been a shift, you know, since COVID kind of shut things down back in 2020. And so just it was time for him to to walk away. So Randall McDaniel officially done as as a school counselor. Great stuff, sir, and we will talk to you for more Scuba John Thursday. Okay, Dukes? Okay, sounds good, boys. Take it easy. Bye-bye.